Disclaimer, the views and opinions and content expressed on this podcast is informational only, not a substitute for seeking a medical professional for your medical care and treatment. Hi, and hello once again. You are joining Shafan Holiday, the host for this podcast, Help Me Holiday. And joining me is my daughter, Courtney. Hi, I'll be the co-host of this segment. And today we're going to discuss a a topic called hypertension. This is ending up the rest of our cardiac series. um, And we're going to end it on the term hypertension, what it means, the diagnosis, uh, what are some of the signs and symptoms, what else could be causing your blood pressure to go up and uh, basically how we treat it. So quickly, um, the definition that we use for uh, hypertension is based on a staging system. Um, And this is uh, measured, it's a measurement that that was uh, brought up by the American College of Cardiology and and American Heart Association. Uh, This was suggested in 2017 that proper measurement techniques uh, were necessary and um, patients having hypertension needed to display certain um, underlying conditions for them to be pretty much diagnosed as having hypertension. So uh, the blood pressure readings for hypertension, we have a normal blood pressure reading that's a systolic that's less than 120 millimeters of mercury and diastolic, diastolic pressures that's less than 80 millimeters of mercury. Um, Anything above that, we start to stage it. So stage one hypertension is considered what a systolic blood pressure being between 130 to 139 millimeters per mercury or diastolic 80 to 89 millimeters of mercury. Stage two is systolic of at least 140 millimeters of mercury or diastolic at least 90 millimeters of mercury. Um, In general, definitions for hypertension, again, are based upon the relationship between blood pressure readings and the incidence of cardiovascular events. Uh, And we are specifically uh, medicating those people with numbers that's above the normal systolic readings and the diastolic readings. So uh, next we're going, going to go over some of other causes that may be causing your blood pressure to go up because in essence that's what hypertension is an elevated blood pressure so Courtney um, can you read us some of the medical conditions Um, some of the major causes of secondary hypertension include prescription or over-the-counter medications oral contraceptives like birth control for example uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents also known as NSAIDs yes antidepressants, corticosteroids, decongestants, which are things that you would take if you're maybe trying to recover from a cold or the flu, uh, weight loss medication, yes, yes, sodium-containing antacids, yes, erythropoietin, poetin, yeah, um, mm-hmm. cyclosporin, or tacrolimus. That's what we give uh, patients that have um, actually transplants. Anybody that's mm-hmm. getting transplants get those type of medicines. Stimulants, which are drugs that make your body, that stimulate your body, causing it to 
Yeah, so stimulants uh, actually are used, uh, you know, we give like amphetamines and those type of medications. Well, we don't really give them in the hospital setting, but people who are using drugs, they normally will take uh, medications like amphetamines as stimulants. Also, uh, like Courtney said, these are secondary, but they could be contributing causes of hypertension. So once again, uh, these are uh, underlying issues that could be causing your blood pressure to go up as well. Um, antipsychotic medications can, they are also classified as contributors of elevated blood pressures, um, illicit drug use, such as the methamphetamines and cocaine. Um, and some of the uh, underlying um, issues and um, problems that you can have with your body could include that will raise your blood pressure would be like primary kidney disease. Um, you can have underlying issues with your kidneys. Uh, aldosteronism, which is basically a type of uh, condition with your endocrine system. Uh, Sleep, ap uh, sleep apnea, people who suffer from sleep apnea, they will tend to have high blood pressure readings. A uh, type of uh, anemia called uh, phenochromatoma, those are big words, but once again, these are just underlines. People who suffer with these conditions, they follow specialists, and most times they, they're aware of this causing their blood pressure to go up. Cushing syndrome is another type of... Um, uh, endocrine problem and uh, a type of uh, malfunction of the heart. They, uh, it's called coarctation co of the aorta. However, th like I said, these are conditions that most most people who have these type of conditions, they follow specialists and they have been diagnosed with uh, high blood pressure as a underlying cause from these particular conditions. Mm -hmm. um, so, Courtney, um, can we talk about some of the complications that people will have um, from just having high blood pressure and hypertension and this just not being, what, what organ systems does it do, do, do we see it affecting? So if your heart is consistently beating and if it's consistently beating at a higher velocity and rate than it usually should be, you can suffer from left ventricular hypertrophy, which yes. means like the muscle, the heart muscle in the left ventricle is actually growing and it's getting bigger, a lot bigger than it should be because yeah. of all the extra work it has to do. Yeah. Heart failure is also another complication that practitioners typically see because of both reduction and the ejection fraction which is the systolic blood pressure measure and preserved ejection fraction, which is the diastolic. Yeah, so people who, who like cardiologists and, as Courtney said, providers who are familiar with those terms, we know um, what those mean. But under to, to just put it very simply, people who have underlying heart failure, they will typically have problems with their blood pressure as well. And what else have we seen? Ischemic strokes, strokes. Mm -hmm. intracranial hemorrhaging, yes, yes, mm -hmm. which is bleeding in the brain. Mm -hmm. Ischemic heart disease, where your heart is not getting enough oxygen and blood needed for it to function properly, mm -hmm. as well as end-stage kidney disease or chronic kidney disease. Yeah, all of these are complications from hypertension, or um, you will, we will see in pra in practice 
we'll see a lot of patients with these conditions having high blood pressure as well. Um, and some other things that we have w- that we will um, oftentimes ask our patients once we see them in a hospital setting and even the providers who follow patients in the clinic setting, um, we typically will get a history on um, on our patients, you know, uh, especially when we start seeing blood pressure readings that's going above the normal readings. We start asking you, um, like, are you have you been taking, like, these over-the-counter products like ibuprofen and Motrin? Have you been taking these on a consistent basis? Are you uh, drinking a lot of alcohol? Uh, what Are you taking medications over-the-counter like um, uh, cough syrups, Sudafed? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you taking... Um, uh, birth control pills. Um, do you have a family history of high blood pressure? Like the history taken is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, do this person also have diabetes? Do, may, maybe he is on dialysis. Most of the dialysis patients do have high blood pressure. Um, do you have a transplant? Because if the, if you are a transplant recipient, most times you will be uh, dealing with blood pressure readings that's out of control or heart failure, like Courtney was mentioning, heart failure, myocardial infarcts, uh, all of those type of issues will will see increases in blood pressure. So after the history taking, we also do a physical exam mm-hmm. um, where we're uh, testing your, you know, checking your blood pressure, your heart rate, and we do a set of labs. Um, Courtney, can you speak on the labs that you, we commonly will test for? Those um, are under. Um, have me under treatment. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just review the lab test. Um, so with lab tests, we're doing, um, we're checking for your sugars, uh, call the fasting glucose, because we want to make sure if diabetes may be causing this. We're doing urinalysis. We want to check your urine to make sure um, if you're spilling protein, that's a big indication that you're having some problems with your blood pressure. Uh, thyroid stimulating hormones, we're checking your thyroid, a lipid profile, we want to check and see, make sure your cholesterol levels are, are not uh, contributing to this as well. If you have underlying uh, uh, coronary artery disease, we're doing a, um, we checking your, uh, your electrolytes, uh, looking for um, elevations in your sodium and your BUN and creatinine levels. Mm-hmm. So those are what we typically are looking for and glomerular filtration rate, which is actually um, a a measurement of how well the kidney is functioning. Um, Some other additional tests we may do, uh, electrocardiogram, EKGs. Uh, We may even do uh, what's called a cardiovascular uh, risk assessment. Uh, But these things are we use to give us an idea of how long you've had high blood pressure and what do we do about it. So let's talk about, lastly, some of the treatments that we can do um, outside of medications because we try to use medications not as first line, but if we have to, we will put you on medications. But um, let's go over some of the um, non-pharmacological or medication treatments, Courtney. So a few treatments that we want to mention include lifestyle modifications, which should be something that everyone does. Yes. Uh, especially if you have high blood pressure. Yes, so those lifestyle modifications um, are your exercise and weight mm-hmm. loss. 
dietary salt. So we also encourage patients to restrict the diet, their salt intake in their diet. Mm -hmm. We also advise potassium supplementation. Yes, especially if you're taking medications that may be causing you to lose some sodium and potassium. So that's what we ask you to do, potassium. Mm -hmm. Weight loss. Oh, you already said that. Mm -hmm. But also the DASH diet. If you speak with nutritionists, they can suggest a more appropriate diet to you all if that's what you need. But the DASH diet is also highly recommended amongst a lot of practitioners. And again, exercise and weight loss are highly recommended, as well as limiting your alcohol intake. So with the DASH diet, Courtney, just read briefly for us what is a DASH diet. Read that information because it's very important because when you are following up with providers in the clinic setting, uh, especially if you have you do have a, a physician or a mid-level provider that you're seeing, uh, we will mention to you about DASH diet. So quickly just explain what is that that acronym what does it stand for so dash actually stands for the dietary approaches to stop hypertension and it is used it is high in vegetables fruits and low fat dairy products whole grain fish chicken nuts and it's low in sweets sugars and red meats dash dietary pattern is consequently rich in potassium, magnesium, calcium, protein, and fiber, but it's low in saturated fat, total fat, and cholesterol, which are things that we would want to avoid with a patient dealing with hypertension. This is, this is why we advocate for the DASH diet so often, and if you hear that, that diet being uh, recommended, that's what, you're, that's what we're, we're talking about, the DASH diet. Now, when it comes to sometimes all of that, you, you, could, you could put all of that in motion, the, the weight loss, you're limiting alcohol, you're cutting down on your smoking, you're, you're doing what you think you, you're doing the best that you can, but sometimes hypertension requires medication. And with the medication therapy, you know, it's based basically on if you have any other underlying issues other than your blood pressure being high your provider would be the one who will best recommend what medications that, you know, to start with. But most of the times we will put patients on blood pressure medicines that have people who have underlying coronary artery disease. Those are people that have diabetes, um, chronic kidney uh, disease, uh, people age 65 and older with or without these issues and also uh, people with coronary artery disease for at least uh, um, who've had it pretty much significantly over the last 10 years. So, and if we do start you on blood pressure medicines, we typically will have you start on medications called diuretics. Um, they have categories of diuretics. Some are also known as thiazide yes. or thiazide-like containing yes. diuretics mm -hmm. as well as long-acting calcium channel blockers. Right, yeah. Angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, also known as ACE, ACE inhibitors, inhibitors. Mm -hmm. as well as angio angiotensin-2 receptor blockers, also known as ARBF. 
Aster. The Arbs. The Arbs. Arbs. Yeah. So we kind of keep it simple. The Aces and the Arbs. Uh, one thing about the Ace inhibitors, those do have side effects. Um, some people can tolerate them and some people can't. And one of the biggest side effects is a cough. Anytime you mention after you start like a lisinopril, mm-hmm. um, minoxidil, any type of those type of medicines, if you're put on that and you start coughing immediately, you will discontinue it. Um, and the ARBs are a better uh, choice that we would put you on. Uh, once again, but this is all based on, uh, you know, how long you've been presenting with blood pressure, your blood pressure being high, uh, some of your underlying risk factors, and um, you and your pri- provider will talk about the best choice to make because uh, in the healthcare field, we do, ha- we like to have um, an integrated uh, type of relationship where the patients and the providers can both come up with what's best uh, for your treatment plan. Um, but we thank you for tuning in again. Uh, we, we hope this was very helpful to you all, and we l- hope that you will join in, in um, to the podcast, in the upcoming podcast. We thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Help Me Holiday on our social media platforms. Or email me with questions at helpmeholiday at gmail.com.